back to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell, talking Doctor Who episodes. This is Extremis by Stephen Moffat. And joining me to discuss this very wacky episode, uh, you know, Stephen Moffat likes to write these off, slightly off-format, off-kilter, weird episodes from time to time, once a year maybe. And we get one here, Extremis. I'm joined by James Thompson. Hello. Hello. Um, as a lapsed Catholic and current software developer, I felt I had something unique to offer for this episode. I appreciate it. I appreciate you uh, chiming chiming in. And Dan Warren is also here. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. Uh, I was disappointed by the portrayal of Tony Stark in this episode. <laughs> well, the, the bad news is that only a podcaster can execute another podcaster. <laughs> is that bad or good? Well, I'm just here to throw the switch, so... What does it take to become a podcaster, Jason? It might be really easy. <laughs> it's very easy, actually. It's extremely easy. So, um, extremists, there's a lot going on here. Um, we have kind of uh, what appear to be two different timelines, you know, story storylines, A and B. It turns out there are three. <laughs> that's, that's the big twist in this episode. There are three. Um... We have a long-ago session, which involves these sort of death people who are very proud of bringing death to various things, and um, and they are, at the very beginning of the episode, the Doctor is led in, and you're led to believe that they're going to try and execute the Doctor, and it turns out that they're actually, he's there to execute for them Missy, who we have not seen in a while. Um, so that that is going on. I felt like that was a. I thought it was like almost like a double fake. Like when he comes in, I assumed that they were, like when Missy first shows up, like I assumed they were executing her, and then they like say the executioner has to take her spot, and she like starts to move or whatever, and I was like, oh wait, is this a double fake? Are they killing the executing the doctor? Oh no, it's still Missy. So they got me like on the double rebound or something. Yeah, yeah, because I think you're intended to believe that the doctor is going to be executed by these people and how's he going to get out of it? And then when Missy is revealed, there's this thing about, oh, maybe it's her plan. And then it's revealed that no, she's the one being executed. I think that's how you're supposed to feel about it. Yeah, I think I I got extra tricked. When they said uh, something very early on in it about the, the the body will be kept for a thousand years, I was like, okay, so then it's going to be messy, and that explains like the whole the whole, whole thing and and yeah. everything. And, and indeed, then they, the, and it was the quantum so. fold chamber is the vault. So now we know why did they quantum did they, fold p- chamber is the quantum fold is how you deal with fitted sheets. <laughs> it's very difficult otherwise. Why did they park it in a lake? I mean, other than for the whole reveal, they could have just had it at the side. Maybe they're very tidy. But Quantum folds in lakes is no system for a government. <laughs> it's powered by a very hot something that's under the, under the water that Hydro, needs to be cooled. Yeah, yeah it's something okay. like that. They make it out of, yeah, I don't know, insert your own headcanon here, I suppose. So that is all going on, and we come, keep coming back to that, and we get the entire story of sort of like what's going on, you know, not the background of it, but like what's the, do- the doctor's put in this place of you need to flip the switch, and Missy is baking for her life, and, uh, and he, the doctor challenges her and says, you know, what do you expect to get out of it? There's a whole... Um, there's a whole thing that happens, and uh, with uh, with this, have, uh, Nardole appears as a priest <laughs> at one point, and they're allowed five minutes of divine intervention, um, 
which is is interesting and and we get we get some of the themes of this episode um uh Nardal has River's diary he reads from it virtue is only virtue when it, in, in in extremis which is mm. part of the point of this and then he talks to Missy um and and he asks her you know would you be would you be apologetic if you're not offered help or a witness or a reward um, in darkness, we are revealed, right? All of that is happening. So it, it is about what what do you do um, when nobody's watching, and uh, and also sort of like what the, what the doctor would the doctor agree to execute even the even the master even Missy after after all this time. So that I mean, there are this is all interlinked theme wise. But but um, so what do you guys think of the the execution part? If we if we can take that one first. Well, I'm glad for a start that they revealed who was in the vault now, um, you know, like sort I, there, of halfway a, through the series. There's an interview with Moffat where he said, I figured everyone would have it figured out by episode four, so I might as well reveal it now. <laughs> and I think people I, were saying by episode one, pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that they brought her back. I'm glad that they also glued together, you know, why Nardole has been there the whole time. And so this takes place, I would assume, directly after River dies yeah. or yeah, forgets him, right? Or uh, this I, is right. The timing after, is always a little tricky. No, this is this is after he spends the forty whatever odd years, the right. night at the at the at, at, uh, at the uh, singing towers, and then the, her next stop after that is the library. Right, right. So she she ends up meeting her maker slash the doctor for the yeah anyways. right but this would be um, right right after the right. the husbands of river song i think is the implication here yeah so it glues together what happened to missy how nardle ended up sort of working with the doctor what his oath is like that's i agree with james it's nice to not have that strung out over the entire season where we would all just be like ah oh, you know get to it already and we've seen you know in plenty of other shows especially ones that have longer seasons than doctor who that it gets tiring very quickly when mm-hmm. you have this like let's remember like every episode we've got like the two minutes where we remind you this Sorry. overarching plot yeah um, i mean as the doctor would say himself get to the whale already yeah <laughs> also i think that, uh, in that same article which people should check out on it's on uh, radio times uh, there's an interview with moffat and talking about his a lot of his decisions in this episode it's, it's very interesting he says that you know he's got the story in his mind that he will never tell now because he's done writing for doctor who about uh how how Nardole gets the diary, but basically, I think in Stephen Moffat's mind, the way it works is after he sends River off to the library, he get, he he gets Nardole and sends Nardole there to reclaim the diary, which he knows he left there. Um, mm. You know when he was there with uh, with uh, uh, with Donna. And right. uh, and so that's the idea. And he just like the, he said, there's a sad story there about about them going back to retrieve it and the last sort of last time you see River. But uh, he's never going to tell that story. So I, I guess yeah, we've pieced together that part of it. And then River doesn't appear, but she gets to still remind the Doctor of his of his duty basically through her writing in the diary. That's cool. Uh- I mean, I did think the the whole planet of the executioner's concept was interesting. It didn't seem like it would scale very well if they were handling like a billion races. But yeah, 
I felt like they're also, I mean, I, I don't know if I can make sense of them, but stylistically, I thought they were kind of cool and I like, and, and they seem to be just nihilists. Like they, their, their goal is to just bring death to the universe, which means that, you know, they're pretty bad dudes. <laughs> but are they? But a, they're, just, maybe. they're just doing a job. They're civil servants. I felt like they, it depends they on if you want to like, be killed or not. I, I would, I would argue, I suppose. Well, I, guess, they have, I mean, I, it seems like there is a, like a, if not a trial, at least like an execution implies, you know, some sort right. of process. I, th- but I think I this is the, the post trial, you know, it's like, we don't right, want to right. execute people ourselves. So we'll we've, just we've off ship them off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I like nice that. And I enjoyed, I, you know what, like I felt, I felt like it was nice that we didn't have to go too in depth on those guys. Yes. Like you get a premise it's you know interspersed they probably have what five to seven minutes probably throughout the entire episode maybe 10 minutes and it's like you know what we got the premise we can roll with that i enjoyed that they have their index of fatality uh i enjoy that the doctor's entry in there as cause of death is exceptionally long um and that they all run away yeah, yeah, I also enjoyed um, Evano Jeremiah, who you might remember from Humans if you watched the that, huh. uh, who was the, ch- the 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 chief executioner. Yeah, I liked I liked all of that with those guys. That they were, um, yeah, they were they were interesting. He's he's a little uh, uh, more imposing with his robes than when he's just the friendly guy in Humans. But um, yeah, but yeah, I thought that was all. They've got their little, uh, you know, their their various that little platform that they build and they've got their robes and it's just, yeah, it's just enough to get a sense that this is a thing that's happening and that these guys are kind of these, uh, the, the, the universe's executioners and that's all we need to know. Like, uh, it's, I like that. Um, the, and, and, you know, the idea that the master, this is always the question, right? Is like, has committed crimes. This isn't the first time we've even seen an, or, or a very closely implied execution of the master, right? The Doctor Who TV movie does that too. Um, mm. a lot of crimes, a lot of, that a lot of people would, would, uh, consider probably worthy of punishment um but we've also got this story of like the doctor never uh never kills the master and they have this close relationship and so it's it's laying it out there especially since we know that that uh we're going to be seeing more of her especially now that she's in the vault um to lay out that relationship and this question of like what is their relationship and would the master ever promise sure would promise to you know be better in order to beg for her life but what about um you know in reality would that ever would they would 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 she ever change i I don't know i mean that's just i feel like that's the thread that's running through their whole discussion too is is we're going to be seeing her again and and did we get to the truth with her or is it just more lies well and and of course it comes down to her protesting that she's his friend which you know, I think is sort of what we're supposed to take away from this is can he execute someone, even even someone who has been his adversary so many times, um, but that he, you know, is friends with. It's kind of like your it's like your Magneto and Professor X yeah, oh yeah. dynamic too, right? Like, you know, they're they're frenemies. <laughs> yeah. The I mean that was that was one of the implications of at least at, at some point in the new series. The implication is that the reason the master does uh, throughout all of Doctor Who has done all the things that uh, the master has done is basically like to get the Doctor's attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's, you know, I mean that was most of the 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 last uh, seasons with Missy. Yeah, it was the whole plot was was mo- even more so to get the Doctor's attention, and we did have the the John Sims master. Uh, 
being somewhat good towards the end end of that run as right. well. So I don't know that locking her in a box for a thousand years is likely to make her happier, but we shall see. We what's shall your, see. What's your alternative, right? Like you can't if you're not going to kill her, you don't have a lot of other options. Well, I mean, what, what is the binding oath? You know, like he yes, he gave the, his oath to um, look after a body for a thousand years, but you know what. What's the, what's the the small print? You know, if he doesn't do that, right? Because it sounds I, I, like he's going to let her out probably at nine hundred ninety nine years anyway. Well, the I I think uh, what I took away, and of course this might not be the case, but what I took away from it is this is living up to the letter of the law and not the spirit of it, which is okay. You failed to kill her, but I will still watch her for a thousand years, and it's almost like I mean nobody wants to be put in a in a quantum fold for a thousand years, but. Um, if the, if the if if this is how he gets her out of this death sentence right that like that's what he's basically saying is this is this is what he'll do to save her is agree to sit there and watch her for a thousand years um but, so that but, she doesn't get executed but all he said was he would look after her body for a thousand years he didn't necessarily say and keep her in that cube for for the entire thousand years. I mean, he could have like put her in suspended animation for a thousand years, and that that you know covers the the letter of the law thing. I don't know. Maybe the fine print is that it has to be in the quantum fold chamber. That's what it has yeah. to be. Yeah, they, they spent a lot of money on that box, making it waterproof and everything. And yeah, I know, but for no, no clear reason why it's waterproof, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> the uh, like a seed vault. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Good to be waterproof. Exactly not waterproof. Mm. Uh, so that in the end, I mean, one of the things that happens here is that he flips the, he flips the switch and uh, she go, falls down um, and is not dead. <laughs> so she's just laying down, just having a having a little bit of a rest, uh, which is kind of a funny bit. And uh, and then he scares them off. Are you unarmed? Always. There's a remarkable record of we're going to run away now. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed. I I really enjoyed that, especially the the lead actor's performance there, where his like thing keeps scrolling, and what does he say? He says something about like, oh man, his last line is very good, and, he, and then he just sort of like the oh well okay then, and then just runs away. Yep, and uh, it made me laugh. It was a good, it was a good, good bit. Yeah, once you get once you realize who the doctor is exactly, you're like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm not gonna stick around. Also, so, this is a scene where Nar- Nardole, as he does, I think, through a lot of this and the last episode, has really grown on me over mm-hmm. the course of this season. Um, I've enjoyed his character in like the bits that he's popped up because he's a you know he's a comic relief character, right? But they've done a nice job this season with increasingly giving him a little more weight and a little more like gravitas in his you know the doctor telling him that you know giving him instructions and also him getting permission basically to kick the doctor's ass as he puts it Mm -hmm. uh if necessary i've enjoyed having it because it's not a that's not a thing you get with the doctor very often right is someone who is in the position to like kick his ass And I think he's grown. This was a, his best episode so far. Cause now by, you know, a few episodes ago, he was just making the tea. And in this one, he's actually, uh, you know, he's a, an integral part of figuring things out. And, and he has some good speeches as well. Yeah. The, the, his presence on the planet with the, uh, with the ex- the executors or whatever they are is uh that's really good too because that is that is the clearest example of him being uh the doctor's 
he's keeping the doctor in check. He's the moral conscience. He's the one who's always lecturing him, you know, later about his duty to this, the oath that he made. And then, you know, calling up River Song too is another way that he does that. So I like yeah. that. That is a he's got a he's got a relationship with the doctor that's very different from a companion relationship, and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Storyline. So there's a storyline that we'll get to that is uh, that is the doctor sitting outside the vault, and he and at the very beginning of the uh, right before the credits at the, in the teaser, he gets like an email on the sonic sunglasses, which is the only way he's able to perceive because he went blind in the last episode. Is he's got kind of a heads up display, but he can't see actual things, and he gets an email called extremists, and that's the title of the episode. So now he's like, oh, is that the episode I'm in? And then we go to the credits, um, and we come. <laughs> back to that uh him sitting there outside the vault at the very end um and we don't really know where that fits we think it fits linearly perhaps with what happens in the rest of the episode after the opening credits but it turns out it doesn't it turns out the everything between that him getting the email and the end of the episode is what's transmitted to him while he sits in front of the vault yeah i had that moment of like when it, after the credits and it comes back and he's in the lecture hall uh and i was like huh well, what was the deal with the email? And then, like, I, of course, promptly forgot about it then until the very end where it becomes relevant again. Yeah. Well, and Moffat jumps around in his stories a lot, right? Where after the credits, you don't know where you are and you're in a different place and you have to figure out where it syncs with what you just you know what, saw. You know what this reminded me of is, uh, not, to, not to spoil a show that's super old, but there's an episode of Angel that's kind of like this where... They oh, yeah. have to tr- they have to trick Angel into becoming Angelus again. Yeah, and, and so there's he, a whole he, bunch of the episode that's fake. Yeah, he's like Indiana, in his head. He, he's imagining that he's Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, it reminded there's, me a little bit of that. There's a Babylon Five episode that I'm not going to get into here <laughs> that James and I both thought of that is a little bit like this too because we just for the for those who haven't seen Babylon Five and perhaps are even listening through for the audio guide to Babylon Five they haven't gotten there yet but there is an episode reminiscent there. Anthony Johnston mentioned something that I was also thinking uh, when we were. In our slack earlier which is that it also reminds me of source code um yeah yeah if you and people who haven't seen source code i love that movie i kind of want to do an incomparable episode about it sometime um but it's again layers of reality and i feel like there's some star trek episodes i'm sure that are well i was thinking i was thinking of like the holodeck episodes especially with sherlock holmes right where where there's mentions the holodeck at one point not mentions the holodeck yeah yeah, that was I wrote that down. <laughs> I mean, the other I, thing I've liked about this season is there are compl- there are continued references to sci-fi trope like the characters including especially Bill yeah. like are aware of all the sci-fi tropes, which is nice because it's like a shorthand like oh, you know what this thing is? Like of course I know what that thing is. I totally watch science fiction. I mean, I did think uh, it, with the scenes with the doctor's glasses, the the one thing that it made me think of as well as Daredevil. Daredevil, if, yeah. <laughs> um was it looked like the the Matrix uh view, right. you know, mm-hmm. when when Neo is seeing all the code and of course it didn't occur to me until after the episode that that had been a really uh, big clue, uh, relevant thought. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean, he's seeing the detail, but that's not that's not what he thinks. But that is, it's uh, closer than you think. So, um, so in this part, that it that it turns out at the end of the episode, and if we haven't spoiled it already, I'll just say if you haven't watched this episode yet, you should probably watch it because it's a really great, it's a really great twist. Um, so, so so go away if you haven't seen it yet. All right. Anyway. Um, this uh this adventure that they have is uh involves the pope 
<laughs> and the Vatican. There's Pope Benedict the Ninth. We we learn uh, she she could weave, weave a spell. So there's a a funny like. Well, it turns out that Pope was a woman in ten, back in 1045, um, and they still have that on the books at the Vatican or something. But a bunch of cardinals come uh, to the lecture hall that the doctor isn't alone, blind from last episode, and uh, then the Pope is there, which. Which the doctor doesn't know until Nardol points it out. The Pope's right here. Oh, yeah. the the doctor does the world's worst. I'm not blind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it's a it's I it found it enjoyable, if only because it was so bad. And you're like, how could no one else be catching on to this? And yeah. Nardole is like very very He's like not oh, yes. subtly trying to help, but yeah. There is a bright light coming yeah. around the corner of roughly ten feet away. So the mystery here is there's a text older than the church itself. The language is lost, but the title has survived. Veritas, truth. Everyone who's tried to translate it has died at their own hand. They're keeping in mind that they're Catholics. They read Veritas, the book, and then choose hell because it's a mortal sin to kill yourself. And the Pope arrives and says to the doctor, basically, will you read the Veritas? Uh, and that that is the, the the central mystery of this episode is how could there be this book that nobody has read and the the few people who've tried to translate it have all killed themselves? Why would that exist? That's kind of a mystery. That was also. also rem- oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, James. I was just going to say uh, it reminded me of the the Monty Python uh, uh, world's funniest joke and the tra- people <laughs> translating that and killing themselves and dying. <laughs> Anyway. I was I was going to say I was amused that it's called Veritas, which is, of course, also, which means truth in Latin, but it's also the motto of Harvard University. Wow. Don't go to Harvard or you yeah, might kill I, yourself. And, yeah, <gasps> you might. Um, so the doctor, uh, doctor goes to pick up Bill and we see Bill um, who is back in with her foster mom because that, that house, that haunted house she moved into didn't work out. And... Uh, we get a misunderstanding because as we've already established, Bill's foster mother doesn't seem to understand or Bill hasn't communicated clearly to her that she likes girls. And so she's like, oh, you don't bring a boy back here. And then her date comes out of the bathroom and she's like, oh, I see. It was a total misunderstanding. I'm going to go. And Bill's just like, okay. Um, and so they can continue their date, except then the doctor ruins it, one, by parking the TARDIS in her bedroom, and two... <laughs> The worst thing that could possibly happen on a date. There was the line about, it was like, you know, there's nothing to feel guilty about here. And then literally, there's the Pope. It's the the Pope. The Pope walks in. In what and just starts speaking uh, Italian yeah. to the and it remind you this this put me in mind of one of my favorite movies Hudson Hawk yeah. which also has comical scenes in the Vatican and with the Pope. Yeah, um, the the line that killed me was actually Bill's line where she says, "Do not put the Pope in my bedroom." <laughs> I just, I that was good, and also when she walks in and sees all the cardinals there, and they kind of shrug. Yeah, and, and then the date just says, runs away. Doesn't she say you're all going to hell too? Yes, yes, she <laughs> yeah. does. The uh, and I like that, that was, you know the good. Pope and the Cardinals are just tra- they're traveling in the TARDIS. That's just a thing. Like I, I yeah, like how it's I, just I, sort I of matter of factly. Too. Like, well, sure, I'll give you a lift back to back to the Vatican. It, it's not a it's not a problem. It didn't happen. Well, yeah, that's true, but uh we don't know that yet so it's but it's a it's a fun thing i like in that Mo- stephen moffat interview that i've referenced earlier they ask about like were you worried about depicting the pope and he said well we want the doctor to be 
you know, to to be a little bit, uh, you know, not not reverential to toward the Pope, but we wanted to treat uh, the Pope with respect. And so it's that it's that line to walk where he's taken seriously as a character. The Pope isn't played for played for laughs. Well, the Pope is played for laughs, but he's not made a fool. Um, and that the doctor takes him seriously. He jokes around a little bit, but also there's that moment where the where they say basically the offer that Pope Benedict the Ninth made to you in 1045 that stands. And the implication there is that there is this offer of I, the way I really read it was like offer of absolution and forgiveness to the doctor and we've seen in the other series of events like the doctor probably feels guilty about a lot of things so i thought that was an interesting um right uh, and you know uh, taking taking the church and the concept the christian concept of uh of forgiveness seriously even though there's a funny joke about how the don't put the pope in my bedroom (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the intercutting with the with the execution is done very well you know, and and obviously, for all you know that we've been watching the doctor over many years of our lifetimes, he's done a lot of things that are occasionally questionable, and so it kind of makes sense. Like at some point, that he would maybe want to unburden himself or exactly. feel guilty about that. I mean that that is the that is the the heart of the doctor as a character is that he has to make the hard decisions, and sometimes he you know decides to do things that are not. Uh, you know things that are easy to live with well and as so, he as he references at the end you know with the fatality index he knows exactly right. how many people he's killed yeah so having that as an you know just sort of an insight into the doctor's character i think is is nice also that that bit about him the benedict the ninth offering him confession which he did not take up take her up on right but the offer is still open offer still open yeah i thought that was uh really cool um and you can't you can't this i mean this is just this just happened where bill asked him in uh in thin ice how many people have you killed and he's like "Mm," doesn't want to answer that but we heard you know the the beeps on the executor's uh little wrist thing apple watch yeah exactly um so now we we know we know how many it's lots lots and lots and lots um, this is also, so they go to the Vatican and in the TARDIS and they're in the, you know, they're basically going into the down below into the library of forbidden and heretical texts. There's a uh, Pope Benedict, uh, the ninth still guards the door. There's a pa- painting of a girl <laughs> because that is the joke is that, uh, there was a female Pope and the doctor knew her well. Um, and they go into the hereticum, the, uh, the the veritas the truth book is in the heart of heresy and as the cardinal points out death lies in the heart of truth to which nardole says one of my favorite lines in the whole episode oh you'd be wizards writing christmas crackers you two yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like good a, a british joke that i get <laughs> yeah And I thought going into this episode, I didn't know much about it. But at this point, you know, we've got all the forbidden books and all the sort of secret Vatican stuff. I thought we were going to go all Dan Brown for this episode. And then it it went in a completely different direction very shortly afterwards when they um, turn up in CERN. Yeah, it's got got all the trappings here. And so 
Yeah, so I really like that. And I, I think in, in that Moffat interview, he cites Name of the Rose and and uh, and sa- and Dan Brown and says, oh, you like the, you know, those are like the Vatican thriller, potboiler mystery secret that has been kept for thousands of years, kind of, that's fun, right? And so they've got, and I don't know where they shot this, but th- this is a nice set or, or setting where they've got the kind of crumbly, catacomby feeling. It was, uh, it was moody. I enjoyed it. Um, it was fun to have it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's also great design in the library and, you know, yeah. good, the, nice use of sets. There was the reference to Harry Potter, and I wasn't sure if that was a reference to the the sort of, like, all the staircases going in all different directions, or if it was a, about heretical books. I felt like it was heretical books, but, yeah, <laughs> could have gone either way on that one. So this this scene is at the heart of this episode because we get so the doctor is looking through his glasses to see what's going on. There's a portal that appears, an oval shaped portal with a figure behind it um, that, that the doctor can't really see. There's a man in a cage that the doctor can't see. That's a pretty one. Oh, I think there's someone in there. Hmm, do you think? <laughs> Um, who says, I'm sorry, I sent it, and he's got a gun, and he runs out of the cage. Um, I did I did wonder about the timing here. They're like, only one person survived. And like, and he's been hanging out, waiting for somebody else to come so that he could send the email before, right before they come. I, I didn't quite understand the timing of that. It seems super, super convenient to the plot to have it be this way. But, I mean, it was obvious that he's the one survivor. And he... I felt really bad because they do have a joke in there which is kind of a black humor joke where you know he runs off and bill's like but it's good news because he didn't kill himself bang Bang. yeah Yeah. (laughs) i laughed because i thought that was very funny but i felt a little bad about it yeah i also was expecting the bang i knew that was what he was doing right because we they had shown the gun yeah it was still so it was still good timing (laughs) yeah yeah and the uh the cardinal has been shocked by a claw there's a claw that comes out of the portal he's like ah and uh and uh, they investigate the um, they investigate the cage, and there's Wi-Fi, of course, because it's a library. That made me laugh. Uh, there's a laptop that sends an email to CERN, the nuclear uh, physics lab. The doctor wonders what could terrify particle physicists and priests alike. The guy kills himself, and then the doctor tries to get rid of Bill and Nardole and says, "Oh, you should go check. Maybe he's fine." And they're like, "You're trying to get rid of us." And he says, eh, "Just go check." And because he's totally trying to get rid of them, because he I knows. I promise I won't read it without you. He knows. Yeah. He knows that the guy is dead, but he just wants to get them uh, get them out out of there. I, I like the bit here where uh, the doctor says, "You know, stay behind Nardle," and then uh, she's completely outraged at this. And then he does this sort of Superman Clark Kent thing and takes off his glasses and gives the whole sort of badass speech, and then yeah. spoils it somewhat by squeaking at the end when yeah, he has the, the, the body he, are you secretly a badass and he says there's nothing secret about it baby doll ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah and that, that was very good but I, I i thought he 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 did that very well yeah and it's yeah, the layers of nardole right like he's a he 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 comes across as comic relief because he is on one level comic relief but on the on another level he is uh to be taken seriously because he's actually kind of the boss of the doctor to a certain degree and the doctor allows him to be that. So th- that we got to see both of those things there. Uh, and and then they see another portal. Yeah. And they say, well, it would be stupid to go and look at the portal and then both just walk towards <laughs> it silently. Yep. They know which show they're in. Yeah. Uh, the doctor, meanwhile, has a uh, reading machine that he uh, that he engages so that he can, he can, uh, he can read 
or, or like he's planning on it. And meanwhile, somebody's coming, but of course he thinks it's the Cardinal. It's not, it's the creature that's come out of the portal. Um, we we cut away to the execution. When we come back, there's one of these great disconcerting cuts where cut back to Nardole and Bill, and they're in the Pentagon. Um, yep. And they're like, should you be in here? And they're like, uh, let's go back. And it turns out there's a whole room, a white room full of these oval portals that go to various to locations. To all 16 locations in the entire world. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wondered about that, but I, I let them have it's it. It's the important parts. It's the most important sure. parts. The White House, CERN, the Vatican, uh, the, the Pentagon, maybe Bill's, Bill's apartment. apartment. Sure. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most important. It's where you want to go, really. That's the most important thing. That one t- just takes you where you I need to I assumed it go. was there because that is where the doctor might be, but that was well, totally headcanon. <laughs> was one of them Bill's apartment? Because I thought when they went through... Oh, you're through right. It was int- the White House. It was the White House, but I thought it was her apartment first. I agree, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're um, right. That's a good point. That's, that's, that's the White House, the White with, House. The, with the dead, uh, with the dead the president, president in the yeah. corner. But, you know... I wasn't the only person to see the like White House in total blackout and think, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Moffat said that when he wrote it, uh, he just put in gender un- undetermined because he wrote it before the election. And then afterward, they, they cast a male person. But, you know, it doesn't look anything like Donald Trump, but that's fine. I don't need to be reminded of him in Doctor Who ever. So um, this is this is the point. I wanted to mention this at this point, because this is the point in the episode where I thought to myself, I've watched a lot of TV, read a lot of books seen a lot of movies and it doesn't happen very often where in the middle of it i think to myself i literally have no idea what is going to happen in this episode i'm completely baffled about what's going on and that happened to me here and i love it when that happens and this episode Mm -hmm. kept me baffled until very close to the end where it wasn't just like there was a mystery and I was thinking, well, there are a few ways they can do this. That happens a lot, right? Where there's the structure of it. You're like, I see the shape of the story. They're going to take me here. I've seen this kind of story before. It's all in the details. This story at this point, I was like, I have no idea what's going on at all. I have no expectations for where we're going to go next. It's completely mysterious. And I love it. Did you, did, were, were you in that yeah, same kind I- of situation? I had the same thing that, as I said, that, you know, I thought we were going to have Dan Brown. And it was the the sort of when they turn up just in this next bit to CERN and then everything starts to go kind of, um, you know, they reveal what what would bother the, the you know, the priests and the um, the scientists similarly. Uh, and yeah, I thought that was really good. And it, it did surprise me. I mean, it wasn't that we hadn't seen a story like that before. Uh, but I just didn't see it coming. Yeah, I, I'm on. I agree. I, I, I started thinking it might have to do something with like the existence of an afterlife or something like that. Like that, I did start going down that road when they started talking about the priests and the scientists, and then we found out the scientists are, you know, willing to blow themselves up. But I didn't see the part that came after that coming. Like, like you said, like even if we got to that story, you know. I think the part it continues going after that, and there's more questions that get raised, and why is this happening? Uh, and I, I thought it was really well done. It unfolded really nicely, um, and it, it kept me going. Like there are a lot of Doctor Who episodes, even the last episode, which I liked. Um, you know, I was watching it and kind of like reading my phone at the same time. And this one, I felt like I was not. I was never taking my eyes off the screen mm. because I was really just kind of like, oh, what is happening? I'm engrossed. 
The, the, and, and this was the first one in a in a while. Like I, the, the last two I thought were okay, but only okay. And but after this one, it aired. I was like immediately wanting to talk to people <laughs> about it. Yeah. See, I really liked last week's and really didn't like the week before. Um, but this one, yeah, this one I thought was really great. Um, the moment where I start to get a sense of what this story actually is doing is right at this point because two things happen. First off, the alien says to the doctor in the cell, this is a dream. And at CERN, we get the scene where everybody's counting and the same numbers keep coming up, which is, and then I'm like, okay, something, this is like, uh, this is a dream or a simulation, or there's something going on here that is not real because that's why these are, these are the revelations that it's not real. But the story basically had to tell me, no, this is, this is what we're doing is this, this is not real. Now, James, um, you want to talk to me about random numbers? (laughs) So, okay. So at this point, I mean, we hadn't got the full details, but it was like, you, you have a, a alien race that can simulate the entirety of the earth. And, and I'll be a nitpicker. The earth is often interacted with by forces from the outside in Doctor Who, because it's aliens and stuff, including the doctor. So they're really, really, they have to simulate the entire universe. Yeah, all the 16 locations that we saw through or, the doors. Yeah, sure. Who knows? They have a sampling system uh, the, that they use that works it out. It's the 16 levels that are going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. But but so you can do this simulation of whatever, the entire universe, but you can't write a good random number <laughs> generator. I mean, it's not... I mean, it's true. There is a grain of truth in this that, yeah. you know... Computers are not good at doing random number generators, but they just, they can be way better than everybody does the same thing. That, that is like, uh, computing science 101 level random number generator where you always put the same seed value into the random number generator and you all, everyone gets the same numbers. It, it made no sense to me. And that, that did take me out of it slightly I, because I was I think- cross. Even more than that, I think what bothered me, again, with my somewhat minimal computer science knowledge, is that you're simulating a system which in and of itself is going to have a lot of randomness because otherwise it's a terrible simulation exactly. to use. And so you've got to have something to use for that randomness. And if you can't make that happen, if you can't generate random numbers, then the rest of your simulation also is Also, in the entire history of humanity thus far, nobody has He's ever noticed. tried to yeah, guess yeah. the same numbers at the same time I think it's until a, that very point. I, I think it was a shorthand and I let him get away with it, but I agree with you that it was kind of... It was, right. it was the thing we see often where people hear of like a like a like that grain of truth and are like oh that's really interesting i'm going to use that and you're like yes but it's like if i tried to understand you know particle physics and only had like one little thing about it and was like oh yeah this is explains all of particle physics yeah i i I, they could have they could have done something different to that Uh, other than explicitly call out that oh computers are bad at random numbers uh, and and piss off the you know zero point zero zero one percent of the viewers <laughs> who actually uh, I think had a computing science program. I think Stephen Moffat read uh, read an article about Elon Musk saying that we're all on a simulation and yeah. mm. imagined a very simple example of it that would be a creepy moment in a TV show and left it there. And I think you're right. You could probably have explained it away in a way that was a little more. Uh, uh, 
uh, complex, uh, like, like making it seem like there was more complexity to that. And this would just be, uh, you know, the, even if a doctor just said they obviously, you know, they cut, they cut some corners <laughs> or something. Right. I'm yeah, also not right. clear on, and, and we don't know anything about these aliens. They are going to be, according to the next time trailer, right? Th- this is a storyline that continues. They are going to invade now that they've run all their simulations. So we're going to see more of them. So maybe we'll learn more of this. But one thought that I had was maybe they're not simulating the entire Earth for all time. Maybe what they have is some technology that allowed them to take like a snapshot of the Earth at a relatively recent point and then try a bunch of stuff out before they invaded. At which point, you know, history would be basically uh, the same up to a point and the simulation would only run sort of like at the very end. And that might be, but again, it's not in the text of it. That's just headcanon. That's just something that I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of working out there. So I don't know. They must have taken a snapshot because the doctor was blind. So right, right. You need to have. It needed to have been like just last week. Or you so they, predicted this, that he would turn blind after. He right, and why would you do that? You don't need to predict yeah. the past, right? You only need to take a snapshot of the universe through their magic technology that they have that allows them to store a data about every atom in the universe in like another universe somewhere, probably. Right, that, that's fine. I, I'll sure. go with that. Yeah, and then, and then they yeah. run their simulation on that to say, well, what if we try this, and what if we try this, and what do we try this? And that, that's I'm okay with that. It, it's a creepy moment when they when they do the numbers. It's just, yeah, I mean, like it random, reminded me of. It reminded me of uh, Midnight. Yes, me too. With the with the talking, where they start to like, right. predict the the words. Yeah, right. And Moffat. I mean, that's what that, in that Moffat interview, um, which I, I just keep plugging here. But there's a lot of good stuff in there. He says it's good to have an episode that goes off format, like Listen, um, like uh, like uh, Hellbent, uh, or right is that is it Hellbent or Heaven Sent? The one that that's just Peter Capaldi last season, and and then he, in a very gracious note, he said uh, or Midnight. He says he thought he thought Russell yeah. that was like the example of this thing, which is just like what am I watching here? It's a very different kind of episode, and and this is this is aspiring to be that for sure. So uh, at this point, we get uh, we've got all the pieces in place so that um, the and this is the, the uh, uh, um, Nardole says it's like the holodeck and everything through the through the portals is Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and these are projectors. I, 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 these are literally these things that look like projectors. They're just white, white, white ovals on a wall, and they walk through them. And there's a beam of light. And I thought, well, that's okay. I guess the aliens have projectors or something. No, he's like, no, they're projectors. They're projecting reality. It's all just an illusion. It's Plato's yeah, cave. I, I did uh, take issue with um, Peter Cap- or the doctors later. He comment about like if Super Mario decided to kill himself, just. His name isn't Super Mario. Yeah, I, I wrote that down <laughs> as well. It's like Aww, somebody just who's, Mario. <laughs> who people keep calling Doctor Who. He should have had some yeah. more understanding of that problem. I honestly wonder if that wasn't in the script in a different way. And somebody said, who is Mario? Is he like Pete, a person we've never met before? And it's like, no, no, like from from Super Mario Brothers. And, and somebody said, why don't we say like Super Mario? Because then people will yeah. know exactly what what we mean, even though the Petons will then be like, what? But that is not his name. His name is Mario Mario. We'll be the Pedans. It's cool. I like that he did say about like all the people you shoot in video games, like who think they're real. And I was like, that's somewhat chilling. Yeah. As someone who's played a lot of video games with shooting people and, and aliens. You and killed the like, them. I'm yeah. sorry. So the, they're there when I restart, or are they? So, I don't know. So now you're you're all saying about about how the random number thing is problem uh, problematic in terms of like 
uh, how how could this simulation be like this? I have a bigger question, which is why does the simulation contain a book of truth that says that it's all a simulation? Why is that in there? Why is that part of the simulation that these guys have run? That it's all there, or is it a weird side effect of of scanning the universe? That this book has something in it that it breaks the simulation that it can't simulate. Maybe it makes sense if it really is a simulation that they built because the people in the simulation could have gotten smart enough to figure that out. But it doesn't make as much sense if it's a snapshot of our world from that last episode, um, right? Unless that, well, I mean, unless that book is I mean, literally it, uh, the truth, and in a simulation, what it tells you is that it's a simulation. Ah, interesting. I, I think it is like, if you took a snapshot of the Earth currently, there are probably a certain number of books in it currently of people claiming elon musk style that this is a simulation so it's not true in our universe it's like yeah yeah Yeah. somebody wrote a book that in our universe in the real world is inaccurate because if you try to come up with numbers in the real world you would come up with totally different numbers but in this fake world it happens to correspond with the numbers yeah we may be overthinking it but i think that i think that that is a real question of like keep going what what was that (laughs) i mean why why is that again what a great premise but it's like where did that book come from why why is it there did they put it there or was it there and again you know we just are left to speculate perhaps he had an explanation in there that got cut out it's entirely possible that that it was just not worth going through the just that we're doing here about but what about the book why does the book there but but we do learn at this point it's like this is uh the veritas tells of an evil demon doctor says that wants to conquer the world but to do it he needs to learn so he creates a shadow world to practice conquering so it's entirely possible that the veritas is a real book that does that but if you're in the simulation and you read it you go oh no and you realize that that's yours (laughs) and in ours we're like that's dumb because this is totally real so it's a practice earth the, the ones smart enough to realize that they're simulants inside a big computer game. So I guess the premise here is that the simulated people, if they're smart enough or are exposed to a particular sort of sim, uh, set of stimuli like the Veritas book, realize that they're in a simulation. It's not, you know, it's not like our Earth. There's something about it that's wrong. And at that point, they're like killing themselves to escape like Super Mario. Also known <laughs> but as Mario. It also also seemed that if people figured it out, they sort of disappear in a puff of logic and, you know. <laughs> well done. De-res. Re- reference to, um, references acknowledged. <laughs> yes, both of them. Um, but because Nardole sort of is looking at the projectors and thinks, I wonder what happens if you stand behind the projectors. And he, you know. Is de-res. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Um, you know, just by sticking a hand in and having the truth uh, proved to him, uh, he, he de-reses. But... And and Bill did not seem terribly upset. I don't know. I think she. I think she seemed freaked She's out. Not pretty, like upset yeah. about a death, but like freaked out about like literally. Should I try this? Am I not real? That moment of realization mm. that she runs away from. Right. She's like, no, I'm gonna, not going to stick my hand in there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go find the doctor. I think at this point I was like, well, if he's a simulation, you know, I, I still hadn't fully embraced the everybody's a simulation right. at that point. Well, and also I had that moment of thinking like having forgotten the sort of framing story, when did this become a simulation? Is the whole universe a simulation? Is this getting into that Elon Musk, the whole universe is a right. simulation territory? In which case oh. the show is, you just broke the well, show. I mean, Doctor, Doctor <laughs> Who is a TV show. It is not real. Right. So I had that moment of like, are they, oh, are wow, they going to, <laughs> are they going to just pull this, pull this on back to, uh, 
I, I don't know. I mean, that was also Heaven Sent, right? Heaven Sent, and that's the name of the episode, Heaven Sent is essentially this too, right? Where the doctor is in a simulator, essentially the in the in the confession dial, and he plays through over and over again. They keep, you know, re- re uh beaming him in and then he has to replay it and all and that was i i I had that moment of thinking are are they in a simulation but of course that's not it in fact the whole thing it is more that this is a sherlock holmes holodeck situation here where the whole thing is the simulation which it's a nice moment they're like we have killed you many times pain is information information will be gathered and the doctor at that point is like he's figured it out already and he's just kind of miserable and then we get our little moment of being kind of inspired by his time back when with missy where he talked about you know even though nobody can see you and it doesn't really matter you can still do the right thing because virtue is only virtue in extremis as the the quote from river song's diary says and that gives him the that gives him the it's like he gives himself a pep talk <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> and and the result is one of the things that i did shake my head out a little bit in an episode that i truly loved which is in the end what he says is oh i've been recording all this on my sunglasses i'm going to email it to myself in the real world boop done haha i win and i'm like how does how do you break <laughs> nope, out nope. of got, a simulation to the real go. world yeah, he, well, those bad guys are like we forgot to install the fire <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah and like the, the whole uh just the the bothering the tech side of it you know it's like he says anything you know any jumped up little submarine uh subroutine in a computer can email and i'm like no that's not how it works works. (laughs) no i and and again i i I like the magic of it but what i would have liked is something like i've been sitting here for 15 minutes you think i i haven't been able to figure out what i can do with access to your system i've already blown it open you simulated a really smart person he just outfoxed your own system now i can email myself right that's kind of what i wanted is just that extra layer of the doctor is so smart even simulated that he could break your your machine now that he knows about it and he didn't say that so it's just like i guess it's magic he can email himself from inside a computer Yeah, Um, that was one of those things where too much explanation unfortunately kind of takes away from what we would have been we would have been prepared to accept a whole lot less real quote-unquote explanation i I don't know i i think just that much might have done it of like i figured it out no i'm saying yeah in our universe like going into like some machines and email is like is that that's like you've explained you've now gone too deep into what you think sounds like techno babble but is actually real things and when you try to go too deep and you realize you're quickly in over your head yeah i just i just just left it more broad like you said like oh i figured it out i think i'm sending this information myself yeah i figured it out i i uh i mean because really the answer there is you gave the doctor 10 minutes to sit there and realize that he's a computer simulation and he's smart enough even simulated to beat you and he beat you and the only thing he can do is send information out but that's all he needs to do and that's great, but but I felt like it was a couple. It was like a sentence or two of dialogue short of that. And maybe again, maybe that was in there and it got cut because Stephen Moffat's like, yeah, it slows down the story, and only the nerds are going to care. We care, Stephen Moffat. We care. But that's what headcanon's for, I guess. I feel that we should offer our services to the production <laughs> team for, you know, technical checking of any future scripts. We're available. I've, I've made that Chibnall. offer for Arrow, for Arrow too, so, you know. 
<laughs> yeah. Throw it out there. We're we're available as consultants for reasonable yeah. fees. Yeah, I mean, I get I get the drama aspect, which is like maybe maybe they are well aware, but they thought for dramatic and runtime purposes, it was just easier to not bother, and that most people will just go along with it. But I I I don't, and I don't mind that. I understand that, but I have that moment of sort of like if you could have probably fairly easily and unobtrusively had your explanation make sense instead of not making sense why not choose to make sense and in this case that didn't happen so all right okay he emails himself from inside a computer i guess sure fine we've all been there okay Uh, maybe we're there now dan what Uh, Ah, i've stuck my hand behind the monitor of my computer and it disappeared And so um, we, so what ends up happening is the recording ends, the doctor receives it at the vault, he's sitting there, this is what we saw at the beginning, something very big is coming, and possibly very very bad, these aliens who have have been simulating us and think they know how to defeat us are coming, Um, he asks, he calls Bill and basically says, um, that 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 girl you want to ask out you should do it the it, it you know it went it went well in the simulation <laughs> you should have you yeah. should you should give her a call tonight because the aliens are going to invade and who knows what's going to happen and then he turns to you know basically missy on the inside of the vault and says if it comes down to it you said you were my friend <laughs> <laughs> And that's uh I mean and then we go back we go back to the execution too and that's the uh that's the the last question we're left with is just how does the doctor save the earth if he is uh, lost to the dark, as he says, and that's extremist. I liked it. Yeah, and I, I feel that I've criticized it more than any other episode of recent <laughs> times, but I've liked it more than any yeah. other episode of recent times. Well, that often happens. There's just like, oh man, I like this enough that I'm going to spend the time thinking about it, as opposed to episodes where it's like I did not. I was so ambivalent or mm-hmm. you know just sort of meh about that that i'm, I'm just not going to waste any more brain power about it well right like i could complain i mean i complained on the podcast about knock knock because i did have to do an hour's worth of analysis of it but like i don't think i'm ever going to like revisit it and come up with spend a lot of brain power on all the reasons why i didn't like it whereas with heaven sent which i absolutely love i have thought about that and watched it and and i do have I do have questions and criticisms of some of it, but it comes from a place of like liking it so much that I want to kind of understand the bits of it. And I feel like that's my reaction to extremists is very much the same. Like I, I criticize it because it, it thoroughly engaged me. And that is the side effect is that I'm going to notice some stuff and be like, what about this? Because like, like Dan, you were saying, if you're just checking your phone, like, it's not engaging you as much. And uh, so it's a good thing when you're that engaged in a, an episode of something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I was surprised. I, I, I had no expectations. And then, you know, halfway through, I had no idea what was going on. And uh, that was, was that was nice. Even though, and, and I've seen a couple of people feel like, oh, well, the holodeck thing, it's like, it's kind of a cheat, they said. Or does this mean like the whole season's been a, an illusion and all of that? And I just want to be clear again. I think it's very clear in the episode. The, the execution stuff really happened. The doctor sitting at the uh, vault really happened. And calling Bill at the end really happened. It's the right. adventure of the Pope and the Cardinals and <laughs> all of that. That, is, that was the simulation that's and the doctor knows it knows everything that happened because he got emailed the uh the record of it so he's he he's aware of it now he's seen the the mental record from the from the virtual uh sonic sunglasses 
I'm glad that the Sonic sunglasses made their return. Well, he's blind. Like, how could they not? <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. It was just a, well, well, a con- nice confluence of things. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, that's Jamie Matheson's story is that originally he gave the doctor's his, doctor his sight back at the end of the last episode of Oxygen. And huh. it was only when Stephen Moffat read the script that he thought, oh, I've wanted to do something to knock the the show and the doctor off kilter midway through. This is the thing. He he said in that Radio Times interview that um, he was thinking of like blowing up the earth or something like that. But he says, then you got to bring it back later. And it's all this stuff. And he's like, oh, the doctor going blind. I can do that. But it's funny to watch this episode thinking how maybe in its first conception he wasn't and seeing how, yeah, I can see that. Like it seems to have gone through a rewrite at some point to make sure that the, the blind stuff is in there, but it could have easily just have gone on without it. But it, but it also was kind of useful for him in a few bits because there was a bit of the daredevil stuff where, you know, he knocked the light out and then because yeah. it was dark and he could see in the dark, uh, he could get get out of that cage. And but I also, like that. and it made problems too, right? Like I like the fact that he, when that one scene where he's got the laptop and he's like holed up and he's trying to read it and his temporary sight is fading already and it's like blurring and they did some nice stuff with the camera work like i enjoyed the fact that when we see it through his point of view we who are the audience and know what is going on know that you know bad stuff is happening but the doctor does not realize that so it gives us a nice like suspense here here, alien strap me into this chair i've read a lot of books that probably should be (laughs) require you to be strapped in he doesn't get it he's like oh no i've just had the alien strap me into the chair that's bad (laughs) I, I did think when he was looking at the laptop, I was shouting at him saying, you know, use the accessibility function. Yeah, sure. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, oh, it's got this nice thing on it where you can get it to read to you. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I did uh, I did laugh at, uh, I made some notes about important things for future uh, episodes to pick up of about where he says, um, I can I can see I'm borrowing as long as I pay it back from the future. Uh, I'll lose yeah. something. Maybe I'll lose my eyesight in the future and not regenerate. And I'm like, oh, this is a thread that could be picked up later. And then it's like, nope, that was fake. It's a simulation. Well, it doesn't matter. Right, I, right. I did think that if that device exists in the TARDIS mm-hmm. in the snapshot, mm-hmm. it probably exists in right, the TARDIS. Right. He in, could do in the it real again, world. and they could they could use it again. But the ramifications of using it isn't there right now because he didn't use it. Right. But he could. Yeah. Right. If he needed and to, he might get and get new ramifications. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, it's fun, Doctor Who. I, I'd, I'd say yeah. I was really happy with this one. So that's good. Yeah, me too. I like it. I, I just note one note I've written down. Why would CERN have so much explosives? Yeah, I like that too. Why, where did the, where did they get all that dynamite? I thought they were going to like blow up the Large Hadron Collider or something. Yeah, exactly. That would seem like some sort of scientisty way of doing it. No, we just strapped um, a bunch of dynamite, dynamite little red, little red yeah. dynamite sticks that you get in a cartoon For, from the Acme uh-huh. crates that we have in the back. Well, it's a simulation. Got- <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. It's got a lot of. A lot of booze. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, where do they get all that champagne? I don't know. Yeah. You have it on hand. Physicists. Just in case. They, are, they dynamite. They have a champagne, champagne. room. They, there's a champagne yeah. room. There's an explosive yeah. room. Yeah. They're, they're right next to each other, which is a safety hazard. But Did, did you, your school growing up uh, not have both a champagne and uh, explosives room? Most places with a particle physics department do have both of those rooms. It's just a little known fact. All right. Well, this has been fun. Thanks for talking about uh, this week's Doctor Who with me, both of you. 
Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll see you next week with another episode. There's a pyramid and alien invasion and other stuff. So we'll be back next week for that. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Doctor Who